Salutations, friends. And welcome to another episode of uh, Nerddom. 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 And knowledge. 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 First pick for podcast. Last picked in Dodgeball. I'm James. I'm Jerry. And today we're going to be listing our favorite, all-time favorite sci-fi and fantasy weapons. Yeah, absolutely. And... I've got to tell you, I'm riding a high off of last week's Loki episode. I thought that went tremendously well. It was pretty dope, not going to lie. Some of our better work. Not our best, necessarily, but some of our better work. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. I give it a solid 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'd go 9 out of 10. Okay. 9 out of 10. We can do that. But, uh, disclaimer, before we start this episode. These are our top five picks. This is, in our personal opinion, out of sci-fi and fantasy, top five weapons. Weapons yes. only. And you may think, oh, those suck. Okay, well, you know what? Fine. That's your opinion. Opinions like assholes. Everybody has one. Okay. These are our favorites. This will give you a peek into our head, into our thought process. So sit back and enjoy the ride. That's all we're saying. Yeah, that's all we're saying, folks. But yeah. but before we hop on this short bus to take that trip, <laughs> let us tell you a special thank you to our show's sponsor, Southern Defense Martial Arts, based in Rockingham, North Carolina. They teach showroom ride karate for discipline and self-defense. You're looking to get in shape for the new year because Thanksgiving is two days away now. Well, by the time you hear this, it will be a lot further away. Um, but, uh, you know, you put on some weight. That pumpkin pie was really delicious. You want to lose some weight. It's a great way to get in shape and master the martial arts at the same time. Maybe you went back for seconds, thirds, or fourths of the cranberry sauce. You know yeah. what happens. Maybe you did the Ric Flair walk back to the devil egg tray because you wanted one more. Styling and profiling. <laughs> Either way, you can find them online at southerndefensemartialarts.com and on Facebook under the same name where you can purchase your DVDs to learn karate for defense only in the comfort of your own home. Soon to be offering online classes. Yes. And we're going we're gonna to dive into this pretty quick, so let me get through this pretty quick. Everything nerd and knowledge you could want to know. Sweet swag, discounts on some great merchandise like lightsabers and sunglasses. You want to find out about Southern Defense Martial Arts. You want to find out about me and Jerry. Go to our Patreon, whatever. Yeah. Your one-stop shop for all things nerd and knowledge is our website, www.nerddomandknowledge.com. That's spelled... www.nerdomandknowledge.com. I figured out what I'm going to do instead of machine gun. I'm going to get a drum solo. It'll do the same effect and it won't cost me any money. I like that. But yes, as my friend so succinctly and perfectly put it, everything you ever wanted to know is on that website. Go check it out. So what we'll do is we're going to take our usual quick break. We'll come right back and we're going to go down our favorite sci-fi and fantasy weapons for you. Yeah! Hey folks, it's James and Jerry from the Nerdman Knowledge Podcast, and we're here to talk to you about IT Services and Networking, LLC. If you need a fresh install or just some upgrades to your existing network, owner-operator Will Clark has got you covered. That's right. You can find them on the web at www.itservicesandnetworking.com, or you can reach them by phone at area code 910-461-7145. You won't find a better company to handle your IT needs. No, you won't. Yeah. And we're back. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the main event. Ding, 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 ding. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Nerdom and Knowledge proudly presents to you, if these were real, I'd be in prison. Yeah, true. Yeah. True. Let's just face it, folks. It's, it's face fact. If these were real, 
I'd be in prison. I mean, have you not heard how some people react in a movie theater or watching a television show? Man, if I had that, man, I'd fuck somebody up. Yeah. That's the first thing that comes out of most people's yeah. mouths. I'd if, fuck some so, people up. If these were real, we'd, we'd all, be we'd, in prison. A lot of us. Yeah. A lot of us would be in prison. Pretty much. So um, we have our top five. Um, I'll go ahead and let you know that my criterion... Uh, where I picked, uh, I put like I made a list of my favorites, and I went through. And the more excited I got about them, now not currently, but when I saw them for the first time, the more excited I was about them. Put them up higher on my list. Okay, so when you hear my number one, you're going to go, eh, but you got to remember it was a time and a place and a thing, and there's a reason. Okay, so I want to put that out there. Uh, and that's how I decided. My criteria was I kind of went through all of the fantasy weapons and sci-fi weapons I could think of. And then I narrowed the list down to eight. Like, my eight, like, these are just my favorites. And I couldn't go much further than that, so I kind of came up with a bit of a rating system that I personalized for myself. So I got my top five. I have a few honorable mentions, but I'm going to wait till we get to number one before I name mine. And Jerry's yep. got a couple of honorable mentions. Indeed. So, so do you want to kick it off, or do you want me? Oh, you know what? I kind of dominated last week on the talking, so... I defer to you, sir. All right. So, Jerry's number five top sci-fi fantasy weapon is the Sword of Omens from Thundercats. Excellent choice. So, now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's just a sword. If if you've never seen the cartoon series, it's forgivable for you to think that. But there's so much more this sword does than just that. Okay, number one, uh, it can grow and shrink. It can get larger, it can get smaller, be about the size of a dagger all the way to a longsword, okay? Makes it really good for transporting. Yeah, it can channel energy. He can literally fire bolts of lightning with it. He can also absorb energy blasts and redirect them with it, okay? It grants you clairvoyance. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. You can see across great distances, see into the future, see friends who are in danger, see impending danger coming to you. Um, it can't be used for evil. Nobody who is evil can pick it up and wield it. It literally is cursed so that nobody who is not good can use it. I can cut through almost anything. It can summon and invigorate the Thundercats. When he swings it and does Thundercats, 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 oh, you see their eyes glow. They get powered up. Think of it like <coughs> catnip. It gets the cats riled up, but mm-hmm. doesn't make them sleepy. Yeah. Oh, it can control the weather. That's a thing it can do. Um... I, I forget what episode it was, but um, he came to um, Jaga came to Lionel, and he was talking about, "Oh, this planet is in a drought," and he's like, "Oh, the sort of almonds can make it rain," and it did. It made it rain. Can your sword make things rain? No, sir, it cannot. Okay, and here's the most important thing: the Eye of Thundera, the jewel in its hilt, is a sentient entity. It is an otherworldly power. That is imbued in that gem, which is what gives the sword all of its crazy ability. So literally, the sword is alive. So that's why it's my number five. It's fantastic. And when you're when you're a kid, and the music fucking kicks in, and you hear that row, roar, and then the sword starts going, man, that was the shit back in the day. Oh, it agreed. was fantastic. Agreed. It was so good. But that's my number five, Sword of Almonds from Thundercats. All right, excellent choice. Excellent choice. 
Okay, so my number five choice comes from a little-known TV show. Maybe you've heard about it. Well, ne- well, yeah, TV show. Little-known show called Supernatural. Maybe you've heard of it. I have heard of that show. You have heard of that I show? Have, yeah. I have, I've heard, I've heard it mentioned in certain circles. It's it's obscure, but you know, it's <laughs> you know fucking Supernatural, folks. Yeah, yeah. Stop it. Everybody knows Supernatural. My number five pick is The Cult. My number five pick is The Cult. And my reasoning behind picking this is, is this can kill all but five types of super known supernatural beings. Okay, there's only five that can escape this. You come to find out through the series, uh, it cannot kill an archangel. Mm-hmm. It cannot kill a reaper. It cannot kill a, what you later find out are knights of hell. Mm-hmm. Can't kill them. Uh, there's two others. Uh, one of them is the uh, Leviathan. It won't kill them. You never really get the chance to find that out, but you find out through what it takes to kill a Leviathan that the gun wouldn't have done it. Yeah, it's a little difficult. Uh, and I don't think that the I don't think it can kill an angel that was never really explored. I don't think it ever did. I don't think it did. So I think that's your list of five: is Leviathans, angels, knights of hell, archangels, and what was the other one I said? Reapers. Right. Reapers. Reapers. Yeah. yeah. But uh, now, the reason it's not higher on my list is for two reasons. Number one, there are five things that it cannot kill. Cannot. I mean, you later find out there's two others, you know, the darkness and God. But nonetheless, number two, it's a six shooter. You have to take the time to stop. Empty your spent rounds and reload it to fire it. That's number Which one. Which means you also have to carry ammo. And number two, uh, it takes a very specific process and a list of ingredients other than silver to make the bullets. And if you don't have everything you need, those bullets do not work. Ergo, the gun does not work. Yeah. So, and if the gun is ever damaged, and it's a standard pistol. It can be destroyed. I mean, clearly it is supernatural in nature, but... it It's not indestructible. Yeah. So that's why it's not higher on my list. But for what it can do, it earned my number five pick. What do you think? Uh, it's a good weapon. It's a damn good weapon. So on to my number four. Uh, this is a little bit of a broader uh, weapon, but this one is uh, the phasers from Star Trek. Good pick. <coughs> okay, so... A uh, phaser is a phased particle matter weapon, hence why it's called a phaser, not a laser. Um, but the reason that I thought it was so cool is that if you've ever watched any episode of Star Trek, the amount of shit a phaser can do is literally ridiculous. Like, I can shoot you with it and knock you out. I can shoot you with it and, like, do some serious damage to you. I can shoot you with it and fucking vaporize you, okay? I can also shoot my mug and heat my coffee up. I can shoot this rock and make it glow to give me heat. I can fine-tune it to weld with it. Like, it's literally like a fucking sonic screwdriver. It does whatever you need it to do. In fact, there was one episode of Star Trek where they used it to jumpstart the core of a planet that was dying. I mean, it is it is the ultimate utility tool. It really is. And the, the beautiful part about it is that in Star Trek... Um, everybody knows what techno babble is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, anytime they need to figure out how to fix a problem on the show, you just say a bunch of really fancy sounding scientific words that sound like things, and then 
it just happens, and that just fixes the issue. Like, watch. James, give me a Star Trek scenario. Something went wrong. Okay, let's say uh, Data is on a planet that has been able to generate an electromagnetic pulse okay. that was strong enough to fuck up everything in his body and has disabled him. Okay, so see, all I've got to do to fix that is I've got to vent in the cell plasma through the Jeffrey's tube and the relay through G1 and then reverse the polarity of the dilithium crystals. And that should be able to exert a nadion pulse that will get rid of all of the electromagnetism in the atmosphere. I just made all that bullshit up, but that's how Star Trek works, okay? Now, this works unless you're Neil deGrasse Tyson, who when, yeah. he, he, when he hears the technobabble, he just cringes a yeah, lot. Yeah, he does. But now he's an actual scientist, so. But the thing is, like, the, the phaser on the show is so versatile in everything from the handheld to the phaser arrays, phaser banks, they have phaser cannons uh, on the show. There's so much you can do with them. They're literally like an integral part of the whole mythos of Star Trek now. Absolutely. Um, because I'm, if everybody remembers back... Back in the original series, they looked a lot more like guns, which is probably because it was the 60s and it was just easier to generate and show people what it was at that point. So, yeah. Uh, but they've come a long way and they are super cool. And I, when I was a kid and I saw phasers for the first time, I was like, this is awesome. I love this. And so that's my number four phasers from Star Trek. All right. <coughs> that's a damn good pick. That's a solid you, pick. I appreciate that. All right. Now, this pick's a little obscure. A lot of you are not going to know what this show is I'm about to discuss. Uh, I'll give you a brief synopsis on it. Not very long, I promise. I know I get long-winded sometimes, but I'll, I'll try to keep it to a minimum. My number four pick is The Glass Eye from a little show known as The Lost Room. Ah, I remember you telling me about this. All right. So, uh, many, many years ago, uh, Sci-Fi had a little short six-episode miniseries called The Lost Room. Uh, the Lost Room basically centered around something referred to as the event. Uh, the event centered on a hotel room in a hotel called the Sunset Motel or Sunshine mm-hmm. Motel. Yep. Uh, basically, uh, a gentleman who was uh, a traveling salesman of some type was in this room when the event happened. All of the items in this room became imbued with powers of some type. Even the man himself is imbued with a power, you come to find out. But... Uh, the man had a glass eye. You know, just at that time, you know, that was a thing in the uh, s- uh, late 50s, early 60s is when the event happens. But, and there are people that still have glass eyes to this day. Yep. Now, um, the each item has an ability. Some have been discovered, some haven't. Uh, but in any event, uh, the glass eye has a very unique function. Uh, it has the ability to repair or destroy flesh. Now, I hear what some of you are saying. Well, if it can repair, it's not really a weapon. No, that's not the part I'm talking about. Destroy flesh. Now, in the series, how they represented this is, is basically, it has the ability to repair or destroy flesh. He would turn around, look at the eye. It would send out a pulse. Like, people would disintegrate, but their clothes, their wallet, their watches, their chains, rings, necklaces, anything, anything that was not flesh was left undamaged, unburnt, unfazed, nothing. Vaporized. The the flesh, anything on them that was flesh was vaporized completely in a moment, in a split second. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason this is number four on my list is because of that ability, because I theorize that... Anything that is flesh-like, like even an alien, could be vaporized with this. Now, the reason it doesn't go any higher is because it's really hard to figure out, like, if this thing would work on 
not that I would try this, but the thing from the Fantastic Four, would it work on him because he's not really made of flesh mm-hmm. so much? Uh, there's other races that are made out of crystal, stuff like that, in the fantasy realm. Mm-hmm. Would it work on them? Maybe, maybe not. Hard to say. Techno-organic stuff. And- yeah, it, it, you get into a lot yeah. of... Yeah, but the reason it doesn't go any higher on my list is for that very reason. But for what it does, yeah, it earned my number four pick. It's an excellent choice, sir. Thank you. I like the whole idea of vaporizing somebody with a glass eye. There's something very odd, but yet satisfying. It's about very that. Bond about it. Like yes. it's like very Bond, James mm-hmm. Bond about it. All right, so my number three is a tie, uh, which is a bit of a cheat, but. It, when I thought about, like, I, I was thinking about which one I was going to put on the list, I was like, they're both really cool. And so my number three uh, is from the God of War series. We had the Blades of Chaos and the Leviathan Axe. Mm-hmm. So uh, everybody's familiar with the Blades of Chaos, the blades that are chained to uh, Kratos' arms. They were forged by Ares, and they were put on his arms as a symbol of his servitude to the gods, and particularly the God of War. So he was forced to carry these chains. He couldn't take them off. He couldn't remove the chains. The only time he could ever, <coughs> excuse me, that's something my throat's so dry, it's disgusting. So the only time he could ever take him off is if his debt to Ares was paid. Uh, well, eventually he killed Ares, so I guess they consider that debt paid, and he was able to take them off. Um, but uh, he reluctantly took those with him to the Norse realm when he traveled there uh, because he couldn't get rid of them. Uh, there was a novelization about his story. Uh, in between the time of Greece and when he ended up in the Norse realms, uh, that he tried on multiple occasions to leave the blades behind, like he threw them in the ocean, he buried them in the dirt, whatever. And when he would get where he was going and unpack his gear, they, they were right there, there waiting on him. So he couldn't get rid of them, so he just held on to them. Um, but in the Norse realms, he got the Leviathan Axe, was given to him by his wife, Laufey, um, who was actually Fay. And if you follow Norse mythology, Laufey is the parent of Loki, mm-hmm. who you come to find out his son Atreus is actually called Loki in their language. Atreus is what his Greek name would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you want to talk about a weapon that's just uh, just ridiculous. Uh, so the, the Leviathan Axe was forged. Its specific design was forged to fight the power of Mjolnir. That's why it was built. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the guy that built it, it was imbued with the screams of 20 frost trolls Give or take. That means they lost count with how many frost troll screams they put into the axe. That's kind of fucked up. It's going to be honest. With yeah, you. yeah. That's um... so the axe can be recalled on command. You can throw it; it'll come back to you just like Mjolnir does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it can freeze objects in place. It can also be used to summon Jormungandr, the world serpent. So, yeah. It's a pretty badass weapon. So I had difficulty deciding which one was more badass between the Blades of Castle of Ice and Axe. And, you know, I tossed it up. Give it a tie. There we go. So my number three, the Blades of Chaos slash Leviathan Axe from God of War. All right. I, too, oddly enough, <coughs> have a tie at number three. Oh, look at that. <laughs> All right. So and just so you know, like we didn't know what Jesus were talking no, about. No, no idea whatsoever. No. We like to come in these fully surprised. So the, the fact that we had a tie for number three is just weird. It's just awesome is what it is. And it is awesome. I agree. Yeah. So at number three, I have another weapon from Supernatural, and I also have a weapon from Marvel tied for number three. First is the Angel Blade from Supernatural. Yes. 
Because unlike the Colt, the Angel Blade can kill Reapers and it can kill Angels. Mm -hmm. And this is no matter who has their hands on it. It could be a mortal, could be a demon, could be an angel, could be anybody. But mm -hmm. this will kill anything up to a Leviathan, a Knight of Hell, or an Archangel. Those are the only three it leaves off the list. Everything else you can kill. Um, the reason it doesn't go any higher is because it's a melee weapon, so range is an issue. It's not a very long-bladed weapon either. Nope. It's, it's actually kind of like a it's, maybe it's, short sword -ish. It's between a dagger and a short sword. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's super short. So... Yeah, that's why I don't put it any higher than that. Also at number three is Mjolnir. That's right. Mjolnir? Mjolnir. Mjolnir. I love Mjolnir. Mjolnir. But no, it's Mjolnir. <coughs> the legendary Hammer of Thor. Now, the Hammer of Thor has a great many abilities. Uh, it does not call the lightning. It focuses. It focuses it, but it does not call it. Thor does that himself. Yes. But uh, the hammer, first of all, uh, the hammer uh, cannot be picked up by just anybody. Nope. Uh, the hammer itself, the enchantment on it, has to deem you worthy. In other words, it's a good judge of character. Mm-hmm. Now. Now, it is kind of funny, though. The original iteration of Mjolnir, the way it was worded, it's uh, whoever possesses this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor, which means you could lift the hammer, but if you weren't worthy, you didn't get any of its abilities. Right. So they later retconned it to say that you couldn't pick it up or couldn't wield it at all. Because if you could still pick it up and beat somebody's, you know, in the you head could beat with somebody's it, fucking brains out with this thing. Still a good fucking hammer. So. Uh, this was made by the dwarves of Nidavellir. Yes. In the forged in the heart of a dying star. It is not made from the material from a dying star. It is forged no. in the heart of a dying star. There's a difference. Uh, it was made with uh, what the fuck did they call that? Uru. Uru metal. Uru yes. metal. So Uru metal is pretty fucking nasty. It's one of the hardest elements in the universe. Yes. Uh, matter of fact, Tony Stark actually winds up making a armor out of it, but that's yes, the story the for Guardian day. suit, which is fucking badass. But. It is, but um, also Thor himself does not fly. Thor can throw the hammer, and with the leather strap attached to it, which is indestructible, incidentally, mm -hmm. uh, he can throw it, and because it's attached to his wrist, he ba basically yeets him with it. Correct, because the hammer is supposed to be ultra-dense, yeah. and so throwing it like that pulls him off the ground. Mm -hmm. There's a whole physics thing. Don't worry about it. It's a comic book. Yeah. Um, but um, the reason it does not go any higher on the list is because it does not summon lightning itself. Uh, it will focus the willpower of the wielder to help summon the lightning. Uh, it, that's how uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America, is able to call lightning. The hammer does not call the lightning. It focuses Steve's will. So when he wills for the lightning to come, the hammer helps him out. Mm -hmm. That's it. So uh, it grants you flight. It's a damn tough weapon. It's damn near indestructible. And... It can help you call lightning. So, yeah. But that's the reason it stops at number three, because number two and number one, when you hear them, you're going to understand why I left Mjolnir at three. But that's it for me, the Angel Blade from Supernatural and Mjolnir at number three. Excellent choices, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. So my number two uh, is a, a bit of a nostalgia. 
um, for pretty much everyone of a certain age group, which is going to be right around my age, a little bit younger, a little bit older. Uh, my number two is the BFG 9000 from the Doom series. Ah, yes. So for those of you who don't know, BFG literally stands for Big Fucking Gun. That's what it, that's what it was originally in the game, created. That's what it is now. <laughs> if you're only... Um, uh, tie into Doom is the awful t- uh, movie that they made. Uh, in that, they refer to it as a bioforce gun. Well, big force gun. Yeah, big force gun, which is uh, hot garbage. That's not what it's called. It's mm-hmm. a big fucking gun. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it can clear an entire room of enemies in one single shot. Now, in the game mechanics, the way it does that is that it fires 40 rounds at one time. The original way they designed it was that when you shot those 40 shots, they were going to shoot out in every direction. They were going to bounce off of walls and everything and just hit a bunch of different enemies a bunch of times. That was a nightmare to code back in the days of 8-bit, and it would have eaten up too much memory. You never would have been able to, like, the compute, the game would have slowed to a crawl trying to do that. So they just decided to make it one giant ball of energy that would fire out from the gun, fly across the room, and anything that got in the path of it would be fucking obliterated. With the exception of some of the tougher enemies, like it'll take a huge chunk out of their, their energy bar, but it's not going to kill them outright. But um, the actual BFG has been put into a bunch of different games. Yeah. Uh, namely, uh, Quake 2 was one of the more prominent ones where it was used. Uh, now, this is where I'm going to tell you that uh, when I was in college, I had a very unhealthy relationship with Quake 2, okay? Um, like, when we got done playing, uh, when we got done with classes, like, we'd come back to the dorm room, we'd all log on to the same network, we would all play Quake 2. I memorized the map so well, I got so good at the game, like, I could blind fire at people, like, I just knew where they were going to be hiding. Uh, there was one level with a tower where there was a BFG at the top of it. In order to get there, you had to run up various stairs, and it took a while. And I would make it every time because I would know where the people were hiding. I would get up there, grab the BFG. I would dive off the top into the water on the bottom. As I'm going down, I would be blind firing into doorways because I knew people were hiding there. And then periodically, across the hall from me in the other rooms, you would hear people going, Fuck! God damn it! Fuck, Jerry! How did you know? It was it was a dark time for me. Okay, I was very 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 good at this game. Okay, like unhealthily so. Um, and so the BFG was like a big thing to me. Like you had to fight your way to the top of that tower to get that gun, and then once you got it, like you were gonna win. There was nobody stopping you at that point. Um, one of the funny things about it, though, the BFG does not fire when you press the control in the game to shoot. Uh, pressing the control just primes it. You have to actually let the button go in order to fire the shot. The people that designed it designed that intentionally so that you didn't accidentally waste 40 rounds of ammunition in the game by misfiring because it was difficult to find the, the ammunition for that weapon in the original Doom. Uh, of course, you could use console commands back in the day and cheat your way to it if you wanted to, but nobody ever did that. Everybody played good, honest Doom. So. Absolutely. I love that that choice. Yeah, so number two is the BFG 9000 from the Doom series. Oh, that's such a great fucking gun. Yeah, it's nostalgia, bro. Yeah. All right. My number two pick is Poseidon's Trident. Oh, good one. Now, I'm going to go with the Marvel mythos. I'm going to leave the Greek mythos alone for this. Because in Marvel mythos, it does a little bit more. 
<clears throat> okay, first of all, uh, those of you that know me know I have a very unhealthy fear of sharks. He does. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not good. It's not good. I, I probably need therapy, but we're, we'll deal with that later. Yeah. But uh, with Poseidon's trident, sharks would never fuck with me. No, they would not. I would tell them fuck off, and they would do what? They would fuck off. They would do what he said. Yeah. Now uh, you can command sea life. Now they have retconned this because initially it was fish. Well, actually, Aquaman had the ability to communicate with fish. The trident supposedly can grant the user the ability to communicate with all aquatic life. Mm-hmm. Supposedly. Yes. I'm going to say yeah. So, uh, the trident has the ability to allow you to communicate with all aquatic life, not just fish. Any mammals that happen to be sea life, you can communicate with them as well. Mm-hmm. That would include whales, for those of you who are biology majors. Anyways, yes. moving on. Poseidon's trident can channel great, vast amounts of energy. Uh, this was illustrated in the Injustice 2 storyline. Uh, it channeled the energy of Kondak into the real world. Now, Kondak is the source of Black Adam's power. Black Adam, there are not many people in the DC universe who can fuck with Black Adam. Nope, just like not many. two or three. There's a handful, but it's, it, that's a short list. And his power is granted him by Kondak. So, this... Trident can channel the energy of Kondak. So that's, and it doesn't melt, doesn't get scorched, burnt, damaged, doesn't even get a nick. Doesn't even get Nothing. hot. No, doesn't. Also, on more than one occasion, an evil version of Superman has tried to break Poseidon's trident. Guess what? He couldn't. Can't do it. He could not break Poseidon's trident. You know why? Because he a bitch. No <laughs> now, in all fairness, that is Jerry's favorite character yes, of all time. Dude. But no, um, it's just, it, it, it's forged, it's mystically forged, and we all know Superman does not do well with magic. No, he does not. Finally, as sturdy and strong as the trident is, it can be hurled. If you have the strength, you can hurl it at great distances with accuracy. Mm-hmm. This thing is balanced, aerodynamically streamlined. You could throw this thing for accuracy for miles if you have the arm for it. So, for me, that is what makes it a number two level weapon. That is a fantastic choice, sir. Thank you, sir. Now I have to hurt your feelings. Go ahead. You said Marvel, not DC. Uh, yes, I did. That is that yeah. is my fault. I didn't want to stop you. You were on a roll. You were doing so well. I just Okay, I my fault, folks. That was I a know. slip of the tongue. I know... It's a yes. DC, I, I, it's DC universe yes, based. I, I knew that. I know you know that, but God I, damn I, it. I know you pride yourself in your accuracy. So I just wanted to point that out to you. But other than other than fucking up the universe, I did get everything no, right. But I, that it, was bro. a that was a misspeaking on my part. You get off me. Fucking nailed it. Okay. I didn't deserve that, but yes, go ahead. you did. You deserve all the applause and more. All right, so before we get to number ones, we got honorable mentions. I've got two. James has got three. So I'm gonna let James go first with his. That way, this balances out evenly. All right. So my number threes. I'm gonna try to get through these as quick as possible. Number one, the lightsaber. Hmm. Now, the lightsaber. I would love nothing more than to put it on this list, but there's just one problem with it. It is a laser sword. Now, that in and of itself makes it fucking fantastic. What the fuck did you just say? Hold on. Hold on. What the hell did you just say? You calm your fucking ass down. George Lucas motherfucker over there called it a laser sword? You calm your ass down. Do you want to meet my pet rock again? (laughs) 
to put the bedrock down, Jerry. Fine. Continue. <laughs> okay. Now, let me let me go back here. <laughs> let- <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to do that because I know the fanboy, the Star Wars fanboys are like, he just fucking called it a laser sword. It's now, not a goddamn laser sword. Let, let me explain. The reason I say laser sword is because it's think because about laser sword. Think about the premise behind this weapon. You have an energy source. <coughs> you have a strong energy source that forces energy through a prism-like crystal mm-hmm. that focuses it into a strong, hot, defined beam of light. What does that sound like to you? That sounds like a prism that is focusing what? A laser. A laser. They use this in surgery nowadays, folks. They can just give you a nice little laser cut incision, operate on you, no muss, no fuss. Now, let's, let's, let's preface that. They don't actually use lightsabers. They use lasers to cut they you. They use lasers to don't cut you. Don't go to your local hospital and be like, dude, I want that fa- lightsaber surgery that James no, 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 told no, no, me no. about. No, You're no. not going to get one. But the premise is the same yes. is what we're getting at. Exactly. You are focusing light through a prism to create a specified amount of energy, light, and heat otherwise known as a laser. Yep. Okay. But the lightsaber is the chosen weapon of the Jedi. Uh, Now, the lightsaber in and of itself is not magical. It is effectively just science. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's their other abilities that make it super bad. It is the use of the force that allows them to throw a lightsaber, have it hit five, six, seven, eight, ten different enemies, and then come back to their hand. That is the force that is not the lightsaber that does that. Pretty sure it's also whatever keeps them from getting burned every time they use it, because something that hot would... It would melt the skin off your hand. At the at the very least, you're going to walk away with some third degree burns on your fa- on your face and your arms. Yeah, anytime you've seen like when uh, I know Obi Wan has a bad habit when he spins it and then puts it up by his face and puts his hand out like that, like all your fucking hair would be burned off at that point. <laughs> you would look like Two Face. We're yeah. just saying that would be how Darth Vader got burned. He was doing lightsaber battles and, and then he kept ah! the himself. Yeah, yeah. But I uh, hate you. Talking to himself because he burned his face <laughs> <Yeah>. off. <laughs> okay, uh, number two is. Sting, not the wrestler, not the musical artist from the police. But either one of those would have also been acceptable answers. Those would have been acceptable answers. They (laughs) are great weapons. Yes, they're fantastic weapons. But we're talking about the short sword or, yeah, the short sword from the Lord of the Rings and from the Hobbit. Yes. Uh, This is the sword. It It was crafted by the elves. It is magically enchanted. It will cut through most armors in Middle Earth. The only armors it will not guarantee to cut through are magically imbued themselves. Number two is it glows blue in the presence of orcs. Orcs being pretty much the natural enemy of the elves. Yep. The elves enchanted these different swords to be able to detect the presence of orcs. I mean, we think about it, it's pretty smart. Yeah. So you can't be ambushed. Or it helps fight off an ambush. It doesn't tell you where they're coming from. It doesn't go... Like yeah, it's not like a homing beacon, but it lets you know shit's about to go down. Yeah. So you're kind of on your guard about that. Now, again, it's a weapon that is designed to cut through some magics. Uh, any non-enchanted armor, it's going to cut right through it. Uh, but it doesn't beat all magical armors. And other and it than... it certainly doesn't beat Mithril. Uh, and also it... It just glows blue in the presence of goblins. It doesn't do extra damage to goblins. Nothing like that. So, for that reason, it, I had to give it an, honor, an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Lastly, and I'm probably going to catch some hell for this because there's probably a few fanboys and fangirls out there that are going to be like, you should have made your list. The Glaive from Crawl. Good choice. 
Now, I'll, the glaive from Kroll. Those of you who are not in the know, there was a movie in the 80s called Kroll. Okay? Uh, basically, there was a prince who was going to marry a princess, and they were going to be the new king and queen of the realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, evil entity decided, no, I want the queen for myself, even though he's like 25, 50 times her size. Don't know how the penis is going to fit. Don't ask. It's it's not. It's a disturbing it's thought. It's one of those things you don't want to think about. It's a disturbing thought. But anyway, so in his quest to reclaim his princess, he is assisted by a wise man who explains to him he will need the use of the glaive. You come to find out it is a five point, a five star, a five star point shaped weapon, mm-hmm. and out of each point of it is a long blade. Now, if you are, I guess, like Mjolnir, you have to be worthy of it for it to work. But you summon the blade, you throw it, you can control it with your mind. Now, that sounds really fucking cool, and it would have made my top five. But I'm going to get to that in a minute. You can cut through walls, but it takes time to do that. It's mm-hmm. not it's not so damn badass it's going to shear through walls like their paper. No, it takes time for it to cut through walls. Uh, now, most enemies and most armors, it's going to right through it. Now, the big bad at the end of the movie, who is, again, 50 times the size of a human, he throws the glaive. It does not kill him. It wounds him badly, mm-hmm. but it does not kill him. He has to use fire, which he can also magically throw from his hands, yeah. to kill him. Now... Probably should have just started with the fire. Here's the problem. Once he had started to melt the bad guy, he could not pull the glaive back. It was stuck mm-hmm. in this monster. So, that is... That's not a good thing. No. If, if it's going to get stuck in an enemy and you're like, well, fuck, that's it. Uh, uh, goddamn, I tried. Yeah, if that's the case, then yeah. it... I mean, for it to be an all-powerful weapon, then you know, a little bit of heat fucks it up. A little bit of heat gets it stuck in something that's like, oh, yeah. God, I burnt the marshmallows around it. Well, fuck, God damn it, I can't use it anymore. That's I mean, so that's a problem. That's much the greatest weapon in the universe. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. It's badass enough to where it made my honorable mentions list. So, there you go. All right. So, uh, my first uh, honorable mention is the Wing Gundam from the Mobile Suit Gundam Wing series. It's a giant suit of armor that also turns into an airplane, or a spaceship, rather. Um, and it's super badass. If you've never seen Mobile Gundam, Mobile Suit Gundam or Gundam Wing, go look it up. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, my number two honorable mention uh, was the Gunstar from The Last Starfighter. Uh, is a super awesome, badass spaceship uh, that you get to fly because you're really good at video games, which is like every kid's dream back in the day. Um, everybody wanted to go to the arcade and like be so good at Street Fighter, like you got invited to a underground fighting ring to you know battle the forces of evil. Uh, but this particular ship has one uh, particular interesting mode called the Death Blossom, uh, which is quite possibly one of the silliest things I've ever seen in a in a movie. But it was really super badass. Basically, it spins around in all kinds of directions. Lasers come out of every point on Torpedoes. it. Torpedoes. Torpedoes. It's firing all. Fire all. It's firing everything. But it's spinning like a, a fucking gyroscope in every direction. So there's nothing that doesn't get hit by it. Yeah. Uh, yet somehow none of the shots ever missed, which I always thought was kind of weird. Because uh, it's just spinning randomly and firing in all different directions, but nothing ever missed. And I actually thought of a third one uh, that I'm going to put on here, which I, I was kind of surprised. I uh, didn't make it onto my personal list. It didn't really occur to me it, or being a weapon until what you were talking about just a minute ago, and that is the Green Lantern ring. So definitely a weapon, you know, gives form to your thoughts, 
So pretty badass, I would say. Oh yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's my honorable mention. Yep. So now we've moved on to our number one picks. Yeah. So my number one pick, the coolest sci-fi fantasy weapon of all time, in my humble yet I feel completely valid opinion as a nerd, uh, is the Giver from the Giver series. The Giver suit, yes. yes. So, uh, Giver is a manga anime. It is also a movie. Uh, for this particular one, I'm going to be talking about both. So, if you're not familiar with it, the Giver is a symbiotic techno-organic device. It's basically a suit of armor that enhances the wearer and all your abilities. It makes you stronger, makes you faster, makes you more agile, increases your combat skills. Um... It has an energy blast. It can come out of its chest, kind of like Iron Man does. Uh, if the suit is ever in real, real bad danger of something bad happening to it, uh, like the, the it starts glowing, the chest cavity opens up, big beam of energy shoots out and kills whatever's in front of you. Um, it's got retract, retractable razor-sharp blades uh, in the elbows, uh, which you can use during combat, for fighting, for slicing things. And they pretty much cut through almost anything. Okay? So... Here is why the Giver was the ultimate sci-fi fantasy weapon for me. Okay, this is just because out of all the things that anything could do, uh, the suit itself is invulnerable. It has no weak spots except for uh, what it refers to as the control metal uh, in its forehead. If you've ever seen it, it's like a little silver ball that sits there. Now, it also has ones on the sides of its head that it can use to see in 360 degrees. So you can't sneak up on it. But if you hit the one in the front, it causes damage to the suit because that's the actual control module for the whole thing. All right? So in the movie, um, the bad guys are able to distract the um, guy wearing the Giver by capturing his girlfriend and making him think that he killed her. Because of that, they beat the crap out of him, and then the main bad guy literally tears the control module out of his forehead. And the guy wearing the Giver suit basically just melts into a puddle of nothing. Okay? Now, normally that's a wrap. That happens. The movie's over. The good guy just died. Okay? It's done for. Well, no, because it turns out that the Giver is growing into a new Giver unit. It's regenerating itself. So, in the middle of a fight, the thing gets thrown into this guy's mouth. Uh, Somehow he ends up swallowing it. Then as he's standing there, he starts, you know, undulating, you know, he starts billowing, and then a blade comes through his stomach, slices him in half, and then a fully formed Giver steps out from inside of him. When the suit goes back off, uh, Sean, the guy that was wearing it originally, is inside of it. Now, how did that happen, you ask? It's because if you die while wearing the Giver, it can literally regenerate you from nothing. It stores your DNA signature in the control metal and device. So long as that's not damaged or cracked, it will regrow itself and you. It basically makes you immortal. You cannot die while you are wearing that suit. So as a uh, as a young teenage kid watching this thing, like it's everything you ever wanted to be. It makes you a badass. It makes you a superhero. You can't be hurt. And even if you die, you get to come back. It's like the ultimate spawn point. So that is why, in my opinion... The Giver from the Giver series is the ultimate sci-fi fantasy weapon. I would have to agree, and now I feel like my number one pick is going to be a letdown. I don't think so, sir. I have faith in you, my friend. All right. So, this number one pick, and I figured out why I made the mess up with Poseidon Strider, because I'm looking at my list. Number two and number one are right underneath each other. 
or it's one and two, mm-hmm. you know, first, second. But number one is a Marvel weapon. Okay. And that's why I probably made that mix up with it. So, number one for me is Stormbreaker. Oh, yes. <clears throat> now, I know Mjolnir made it at three, Stormbreaker hit number one. What's the difference, you ask? Well, number one. First of all, there's no enchantment on the axe. The axe can be used by anybody. Now, it's a little bit heavier. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit heavier than the than Mjolnir, so you're not going to be able to wield it unless you're real fucking strong. Okay? Number one. Number two, it, much like Mjolnir, can help you channel lightning. Uh, it will obey the command of the wielder. In other words, you can call it to your hand. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now... This is where things get a little different. Stormbreaker, first of all, is an edged weapon where Mjolnir is bludgeoning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stormbreaker can cut through any known material in the universe. This includes vibranium. This has been discussed in sev- this has been done in several issues of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Mjolnir, well, no, excuse me, Stormbreaker, Uru Metal can cut through vibranium. So, uh, there have been debates about andamantium. I don't think that's ever been handled. I don't... I, I don't think, think it... So. Uh, I think... I don't think it's ever happened. I don't think they've ever done it. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, please send us an email. It's on the website. I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, but... You know where to find it. This is where it gets me to a being a number one weapon. This is why I put it at number one. Stormbreaker can do something that even Odin had trouble doing. It can summon the Bifrost. Mm-hmm. For those of you not familiar with the Bifrost, the Bifrost is how our Asgardians travel between realms. Now, when we talk about realms, are we talking about different universes? Kind of, sort of, but not really. It's more like... Yes and no. Uh, like, there is a place that you find in uh, Thor, Love, and Thunder where the gods go to. You can't reach that in a spaceship. No. There's only one way to get to it. But it's not a different universe. It's, it's like not a, a different, different universe. A different, uh, like a pocket dimension that you can't reach. Right. Something like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Thor... Or anybody who can, who knows how to use Stormbreaker properly, mm-hmm. can summon the Bifrost and travel between realms. Now, can travel distances, great distances in the universe with so a thought. Here's where the the nerd um, is going to step in for just a second, the science nerd. So in the original Thor, they explained to you that the Bifrost is an Einstein Rosen bridge. Yeah, what that is is it's a place that it, it's a construction that immediately connects two different points in space. Across uh, any distance, uh, technically a quantum tunnel, a black hole. Effectively, uh, this is also goes with the principle of quantum entanglement. Yes, uh, which is uh, what Einstein so cleverly dubbed spooky action. Yes, so it's like uh, think of it like a wormhole. It connects two points in space. You travel through it. Time dilates, but it's instantaneous almost. Right, and that's what Stormbreaker can do. It makes wormholes. Hmm. Yeah. So just nonchalantly makes wormholes. Yeah, just you want to go there, bang, you're there. Yeah, we're there. Yeah, but yeah, that's and of course Stormbreaker has, you know, is just the last weapon made on Nidavellir in the movies. It is not in the comic books, no. but it is the last weapon made on Nidavellir. Yes, 
because Nidavellir also made a second version of Mjolnir for somebody by the name of Beta Ray Bill. Which I'm kind of hoping we see in a movie eventually. I, I kind of hope we do, too. But I ain't holding my breath. But uh, No, not anymore. But that is my number one choice, Jerry. That was an excellent choice, Harlan. I don't know why you were getting down on yourself. Well, I, I mean, it's not the Giver. I mean, you know. I mean, the, the Giver is okay. a really badass weapon. Like, Stormbreaker can take you places. Oh, no. Oh, no. Thor's dead. Stormbreaker. Bring him back to life. Fuck, I keep cutting. I mean. It, I keep cutting him with it, but it's not helping. You could do that thing that they did uh, when Tony's heart started in game. He shocked okay. him with Mjolnir. Thor had a heart attack. Summon lightning. <laughs> okay, fuck. There I just go. blew his eyeballs out. Fuck. Ah, no, he'd be fine. He's a god of lightning. You can't do that to him. He'll be okay. <coughs> but there you have it, folks. That's our top five <laughs> sci-fi fantasy weapons. We hope you enjoyed the list. If you agreed with us, let us know. If you think we're stupid, let us know. If there's something you didn't hear on the list that you'd like for us to talk about at some other yeah, point in time, if, let if, us know. If you want to make an argument for what your favorite weapon is and why you're right and we're wrong, send us an email. We'd love to hear it. You know what? We're always looking for uh, episode ideas. Yeah. So if you want us to talk about a weapon at length, we, we can have, do we it. We have been doing this for a very long time, and we're starting to run out of ideas. A little over three years now. <laughs> yeah, so if you have an idea for an episode, let us know. We'd love to yeah, hear it. Love we'll to hear give it a you. shot. We'll try. Yeah. Lord knows we've put in some we've put in some very noble efforts over these yes. last three years. We have uh, we have made some bangers and we have made some clangers. That's all I'm yeah, gonna say. Yeah. Just a bit. We don't talk about the first episode ever. We do not bring it up. And again, I cannot say this enough. I apologize to anyone who is homeless who happens to hear this episode, or you if you know someone who is homeless and you're offended by that episode. Yeah. I do apologize profusely. Again, for about the hundredth goddamn time. And I don't mean to say it that it's, way. It's just how many times do you want me to say I'm sorry? Okay? Uh, I'm sorry. It's fine. It is funny that we talked about editing that out and we still put the wrong version. God damn it. It's so good. And the, what's so bad was I was the one that did that. That was on me. Yeah. yeah for putting the, in the, the wrong edited the, version the, of it. The funny part is uh, James and I have talked about uh, on a couple of different occasions of, of doing an episode where we go back and listen to that one and talk about what we would have done differently or how we would have approached it. And neither one of us can get over the shame that we feel about it <laughs> to actually do it. Maybe one day maybe, we'll do it. Maybe you know one, what? Maybe that's a YouTube video we do where we get on YouTube and listen to the episode and talk about how bad it was. I think that's what we need to do to get over our You grief. know what I think we need to do? I think we need to get some of our previous guests to listen with us and get their feedback on it as well. That might not be a bad idea. We, we may have to plan it to be our like our first YouTube podcast is where we go over our first episode. Yeah. Just for the fuck of it. Yep. I feel like we should do that. Absolutely. But, folks, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Indeed. Um, we enjoyed making it for you. We definitely. This was a labor of love. This whole podcast is a labor of love. It really is. And we love doing it for you. Absolutely. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Nerd to Knowledge. Thank you for listening. I'm James. I'm Jerry. And, and we, we are, are first, first pick, pick for podcast, podcast and last picked in Dodgeball. Dodgeball. See you guys next week. See you then.